Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to the special edition of Laugh. Laugh goes to the Oscars. Today's review is about the wilderness survival tale, The Revenant. The film depicts the true story of Hugh Glass's attempt to trek 200 miles alone after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by his hunting party. Filmed using only natural light, every shot is a masterpiece that has rightfully earned the movie nominations for Best Visual Effects, Cinematography, and Director. The film has earned nine other nominations covering almost every aspect of filmmaking, from Leonardo DiCaprio's and Tom Hardy's Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor nods, to award consideration for production design, sound editing, and costume design. At the end of the night, there's a good chance this film walks away with more Oscars than any other 2015 film. Bundle up and join Laugh's attempt to retrace the footsteps of one man's incredible journey as they review The Revenant. Good stuff. Yeah. Over there is Mr. Ryan Bull. Howdy. I'm Richard Lusk. We're talking uh, about The Revenant. Yeah. Episode 129. The numbers keep going up. Yep. It's nominated for Best Picture, Director, Actor, Supporting Actor, Cinematography, Editing, all the uh, technical stuff. Um, I made a prediction in episode 127 that Mad Max Fury Road was going to win the Oscars. Mm-hmm in terms of winning the most number of Oscars, but I'm going to predict now that The Revenant wins Best Picture. Okay. I'm not going to make the prediction that it wins the Oscars, even though it's up for the most Oscars. I'm going to say it wins five. So Alejandro Gonzalez in number two has the best film of the year two years in a row. But I don't think he wins director. He doesn't win director. Does the cinematographer win again? I don't know. Because that guy's won a ridiculous amount of times, and he's been nominated something like 12 times. Yeah. So. I think he deserves it, but I also think that there are some others that are deserving. Like, I, I think that he, whoever wins it will be deserving of it. It'd be hard not to give it to him for this movie. The, the visuals in this movie are better, more, uh, they were more intense to me than any other movie I saw on the screen this year. Wow. Including Sicario. Like, Sicario sticks with me more because of its themes. And characters. Now, I hope Sicario wins for Best Cinematography because uh, yeah. Deacons is up yeah. for that. And he's been nominated like 12 times but if I and think, never won. If I think about visual, like just visually, like what I can picture, this movie has it in spades. More than Mad Max, more than Sicario. More than Room. A lot more than Room. Although I understand why Room is nominated for Cinematography. Oh, completely different film. Yeah. Completely different a- aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, this just going out and saying, hmm, we're going to film in all natural light. Originally, they were going to f- use actual film, but then they found that they would have longer exposure or longer shooting times if they use digital, uh, the so-called magic hour, you know, as the mm-hmm. sun is setting or sun is even rising. I guess you get magic hour in the morning is longer if you use a digital camera. You can change the f-stops or whatever right, right, to get right. it to work. All that technical stuff. Uh, ton of one-shot takes in this film. 
or what look like one shots when you when like I thought that the opening scene the opening fight scene mm-hmm. was a one shot all the way and it felt like that it was edited together so well but then looking at it again there it's maybe three or four one shots with some intercuts that make sense for the for the um for the for the movie and for what the story they're trying to tell, but they did, feel like one shot. There. Did they cut it? Because I know True Detective season one has a very famous one shot, mm-hmm. and they purposely storyboarded and choreographed it so that if they couldn't get the whole take in one shot, they had spaces to uh, cut in. But apparently, they didn't need to. Well, the the um yeah, I don't, you're talking about in True Detective. They didn't yeah, in True to. Detective, in this film, I felt like a lot of that same stuff was going on. It's very hard to get anyone to say definitively, "Here's how we did the shot." I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it works in terms of like the psychology of of seeing the shot. I mean, this this movie is also nominated for sound editing and sound mixing. I think and it won a, it won an award for sound mixing recently at some of the technical awards that went out at one of the um, awards ceremonies. And uh, the Arakira Arakira Indian tribe attack that happens in the midway point of the film has a lot of intense sound so it'll come through pretty well This scene actually has cuts within within it that make it feel like it's a one take, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't. It obviously it can't work as a one take because you got the whole horse falling over the cliff there. I really don't think that Leonardo DiCaprio, as much as he went through to make this movie, decided that he was also going to jump over a cliff with a horse and go fall uh, five hundred feet into a you know, pine tree, but. Yeah, one of the few times in the film they clearly are using some CGI. So uh, I think that they probably are storyboarded out so that they can fit in the cuts. But I also think that there's a psychological element at work where they intercut the, they move the camera around behind the character's head so that you see what he sees and it becomes a subjective viewpoint. Mm Mm-hmm when it still just looks like it's still one camera moving around that swings back around and different things happen. Now then you said storyboard and apparently there are a lot of stories, including from our infamous Tom Hardy, who also was on Mad Max and got upset that he didn't feel like the director knew what he was doing. A lot of people walked off the set on this film. They were upset. Right. And in Aritu that they would spend hours choreographing a scene. And then right before it was shooting time, when they were in that so-called magic hour, he would change his mind change and go, his mind up. go in some different direction. They're like, this is ridiculous. 
Yeah, well, then and, I have completely no idea what. Well, I'm and then about. the budget just you know skyrocketed. This was supposed to be like thirty million, went up to a hundred million. Well, uh, because of uh, overruns and how long it took to shoot. Think about the bear attack. Yeah, that comes off as a one take, but there's no way it's a one take. Well, they had a big guy in a green suit moving around. Yeah, but I think that Leo. they had to do, shoot that multiple times. Oh yeah, they probably did, and they cut it all together. Possibly, and then, you know, at times it's going to be Leo, at times you're going to have a digital double just because, you know, you're not getting the arm flapping around the way you want to, or, mm. you know, the bear's head is in a spot, and the bear's head is bigger than the actor was, you know, who was grabbing on Leo, so, you know, he's moving in a way that he wouldn't actually have the room to do that, so you have to use a digital double. I mean, that stuff's kind of accepted. The movie itself is brutal like not that bear attack notwithstanding there's other elements to decapitations and gunshots to the head um this guy gets shot in the groin arrows everywhere it's very uh masculine kind of gritty intensely violent can you recommend it to everybody no People who like the level of violence in this film would kind of excite me because then I could go and tell them to also watch Bone Tomahawk. Right, if you're not put off by the violence. But see, Bone Tomahawk, the violence seems a little bit more gratuitous. A lot more gratuitous. But but it's along the same lines. See, I don't think I could recommend Bone Tomahawk to my dad. But you could recommend it. I did, yeah. And he loved it. He he was a little taken taken out by the, the violence in it. Well, I'm telling Mr. Lusk to go watch Bone Tomahawk. All right. He can, can thank me later. No, you already saw it. You loved it. It was a great recommendation on my part, then. <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> I can't see very many people not having a strong reaction to it one way or the other. To like, this film? Yeah, I can see you walking into a movie like uh, The Big Short or Spotlight or Room or Brooklyn, any of these other ones, and just sitting there and going, meh. But if you watch this movie... If you stick with it till the very end, you're going to be like, holy crap, that's the best thing I ever saw. Or holy crap, that's the crappiest thing I ever saw. Maybe. This is a long movie. There are some ponderous sequences. They keep going back to Leo's dreams time and time again. I think for some of our younger listeners, maybe our high school students, if they made a 20-minute supercut of this film, it would be the greatest film ever. Oh, it's got the best action scene of the year, though. The, that opening sequence. Well, pretty much. You just do some action. You have Leo fight, getting beat up by a bear. I mean, just 20, maybe 25 minutes. You could do a super cut. Could people you would be same? like, this thing's awesome. And then when you tell them, yeah, it's actually six times longer than that. Could you say the same thing about Wolf of Wall Street for our kids? <laughs> and that, But then the scene that everyone likes in Wolf of Wall Street, the, the, the Quaalude scene. Where he goes and whatever happened, I'm not going to try to ruin that movie. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. But uh, that movie wouldn't that that scene or that that sequence wouldn't have been as effective if it came in the middle of a 20 minute supercut. The fact that it comes after two hours and you see this guy maybe debauchery. not as effective, but you could cut that down. You could cut this film down to 25 minutes. I don't feel like you could cut down Mad Max to 25 minutes or The Martian. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, granted, there's not a whole lot of plot in this film. No, but you have to see, you have to be on this journey with Hugh Glass mm-hmm. in order to 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 have that same emotional experience. Like, visually, you're right. In terms of the impact that the movie had emotionally, obviously it's going to have to be 
the two and a half hours that it is. For me, I was surprised that I cared as much as I did because normally I don't really care about people in movies. And I did. I cared about the bear in this one and the baby bear. <laughs> the baby bears, the cubs. Whatever happened to those cubs? Did they get away? Oh, now I'm having a and they crisis about died. the yeah, because they didn't have their mama there. Nope, no mama bear. Yeah, way to go, Hugh Glass. You destroyed another bear family. Another bear family. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to see the sequel. You want to find out what happens to those baby bears. No, you just told me they died. Oh, maybe they don't. Baby bears. Maybe I lied to you. <laughs> Favorite. Um, uh, do you, I th- I've said all along, DiCaprio wins the Academy Award for Best Actor. Yeah, I'm afraid he's going to. I don't think he should. Uh I, I want Brian Cranston for Trumbo to win, I saw, but I don't think he's going to. I saw an article that said it is possible. I, I think Brian Cranston has the Nets' best chance, but I think this is There's going to be the year of Leo. Chance. <laughs> Leo's got a 97% chance. Yeah, I, I mean, math. I'm pretty sure Leo wins. If he, if he doesn't, it's going to be one of the great upsets. I mean, as long as he manages to not get arrested in the Nets' five days. Oh, or I, Vody might even I think Vody might even be yeah. over with. All right, he's got it then. Uh, I, I, you, you, why are you so bitter? You don't think he deserves it? No. Why? I think there are a lot of actors I would put ahead of him who should have an Oscar before he should. I'm talking about for this role, for this movie. For this, for this, yeah. No, he doesn't act. Whew, he says crazy. maybe he 12 words. Eyes. He says maybe 12 his words. His body. Do we need another film where the lead actor gets horribly injured and loses the ability to talk as a result? Yes. After last year, uh, Eddie Redmayne won for playing Stephen Hawking. Yes. <laughs> the answer I is mean, yes. This is Stephen Hawking on a snow trip. So you, you, you say in order to act, you have to, it has to be all dialogue? It doesn't have to all be dialogue. There needs to be some. All right. He's just sitting there, and I feel like you can... No, he's not just sitting there. You have to go back and watch. There's a lot of acting that goes into his acting. A lot of method. He, you can really feel like he's cold and suffering. Oh, that's because he was in the middle of nowhere, and he was cold and suffering. He was on the verge of hypothermia the whole time. Yeah. It's not really... You don't have to act like you feel cold when you're actually out in native 20-degree weather. So he doesn't get any credit for... um, For sacrificing? Yeah, for sacrificing himself in that. Because everyone else was in in those conditions, too. He gets some credit for that, but I don't think that should be enough to win you best actor. What if he's able to make Lusk feel... You're all right. You're a big Leo apologist. I'm not an apologist. Like he needs someone supporting. A lot of people that we work with don't like Leo, and I feel like you spend a lot of time defending him when those attacks come. You are a big fan of Leo. Yeah, I think he's a good actor. I like him in most roles. I just think this year his what he did in The Revenant is better than what Brian Cranston did, and I don't know who else is up for Best Actor. To be honest with you. I know Hanks isn't, mm-hmm. so that's sort of surprising. Um, who's that? The Big Short, Christian Bale. Is Christian Bale's up for best supporting, best supporting actor. actor. Um, Eddie Redmayne, seeing for the Danish Girl. I think he did. I, I don't know either. I know we're not doing an Oscar show this year, sadly. But um, I guess the only two people that they're really talking about is uh, DiCaprio and Cranston. Cranston yeah. So anyway, it's a done deal for the DiCaprio. What about supporting actor? I thought that uh, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like Tom Hardy in this. This might have been my favorite role of his that he played all year. 
he had a lot more to do and it's a showy role this is a fun role for an actor to play where you get to be evil and try and convince people that you're not evil i mean that's just that's fun to play and apparently he's always pissing off people so maybe he didn't have to do that much acting on this film but i've been a bit tom hardy fan since i saw him in bronson tom hardy apologist (laughs) i've just been called yeah as you called last summer the summer of tom we'll see who wins uh the oscar this time so my guess is dicaprio and putting the over under at the revenant for winning the number of oscars at five and i'm saying it wins the uh best oscar what, what's so funny i'm pretty sure if we went through all these films and you keep doing this over under number the number of oscars you have been awarded is way above the total number yeah. no i'm saying it wins best picture and it wins for dicaprio I'm guessing it wins three of these other ones. Maybe sound mixing. Right. Mad Match, you had win in sevens. There's 12. Right. right. That's a large chunk already gone. That's what I think will happen. Mad Max will win seven. Revenant will win five. I'm covering my, my, my bets here. Uh, five. So where are you going? You're gonna go I'm going to go under? I'm going to go under. All right. I believe on Mad Max, I said that I'm taking the under with it winning like four. Good in luck. That, in that it wins the most. Again, I think a lot of stuff gets spread out. So you don't think this wins Best Picture? Uh, no. I don't think they give it to NRE2 twice in a row. All right. So. I think uh, a film we haven't talked about yet. Oh, wins wow. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Maybe that'll be coming up on uh, the next show, or it at least will be coming up in the next three shows. So for Mr. Two Frames over there. Pleasure. On the L-Trade Box of Bud There Be Dragons. What do you think of this year's Academy Awards? Let Laugh know your opinion. Email the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweet at thelaughpodcast, or send a message on facebook.com backslash thelaughpodcast. We will read the best comments on a future show. 